Welcome, everybody, to the House of Hustle podcast on Sports Radio 810. We are presented, as always, by our friends at Charlie Hustle, where vintage shirts are made fresh. My name is Jarrett Sutton. I am joined by my co-host, Stephen St. John, repping his Casey Kings gear. Perfect time for uh, for some basketball chatters. We get ready for conference championship week. We're not going to talk about NBA and KC on this pod, but maybe in another pod. But it's time to get to some... Uh, some Big 12, some SEC, all the conference tournaments uh, getting started. I'm out in Vegas for the WCC Championship tonight. Um, it's a fun time just with everything going on with the NCAA tournament looming. Selection Sunday, just a few days away, but still so much to be decided. Steven, it's a blast. I, this is one of my favorite times of the year. It is, and March Madness is here, but we have several topics to talk about, so we'll go ahead and uh, get after the first one. Uh, the SEC released their... Uh, postseason awards, and they have co-coach yep. of the year between uh, Buzz Williams and Jerry Stackhouse. I asked Mike DeCourcy uh, from the Sporting News uh, today on my show, and he said he would have Dennis Gates ahead of both of them. I can understand the Buzz Williams uh, half of that, but Jerry Stackhouse ahead of De- Dennis Gates, no way. Uh, USA Today named SEC Coach of the Year Dennis Gates. And so what, what's your reaction to there being SEC co-coaches of the year and neither one of them is Dennis Gates. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Buzz Williams is deserving. Um, you know, the A&M's had a great year. They just beat Alabama. Uh, it was a big win for them. And, you know, they've had they've, – they've really, you know, a team that's kind of come out of nowhere uh, to, to be in the top four here in the SEC and, you know, finish, what, second in the league. So, Buzz is deserving. No, no slight to Jerry Stackhouse. He's had a good year. But it's not anything to what Dennis Gates has done uh, in his first year as a head coach. And – Look, the coaches voted on these awards. I, I find it very, you know, ironic that uh, last year when Conzo Martin was going through some struggles, I think every coach in their post-game press conference would, you know, rave about Conzo Martin. And I don't know, you just you haven't really gotten a lot of that uh, from coaches about Dennis Gates. I think Dennis Gates is new uh, and is learning all the all the coaches, learning the, the lay of the land of the league. Um, and so the fact Jerry gets it over Dennis is a little bit shocking to me, but it's also – you know, one of those things where I still don't understand how Demoy Hodge isn't on a you know all SEC defensive team. That's another topic of conversation. I think it's got a lot to do with. I, I think Mizzou's got some uh, bulletin board motivation going into the SEC tournament, to say the least. I don't think Dennis Gates is gonna you know blink an eye on not getting Coach of the Year, but I do think he he was the the Coach of the Year, and I think everybody knew it. I think it was such a surprise to see Jerry Stackhouse um, ahead of him, just because of the the, the year Mizzou's had. Know what what they had eight quad one losses. So no real bad loss, you know, on their resume. I know the net rating comes into play, but Dennis Gates was my coach of the year in the SEC for sure. And I think, I think he needs more national love too, to be quite honest. You know, I think with everything going on with Jerome Tang and Shaka Smart, so deserving as well. Um, and obviously Buzz Williams definitely is in the conversation as well with national coach of the year, but Dennis Gates needs some, some more, some more respect to the name in my opinion. All right, so let's uh, let's get into the SEC tournament. Uh, the uh, first round, the 12-13 matchup and the 11-14 matchup, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Georgia, LSU. Is there anything that's interesting about either of these two matchups? Uh, not really. I mean, I think the, the, the one interesting, I guess, part of the these matchups, you would think Georgia could probably get out of, you know, their first round game. For South Carolina, I'd, I'd love to see Gigi Jackson, that talented freshman, 
you know, a couple couple more times if possible. So if they could get off uh, and win their their first round SEC tournament game, that'd be great. Um, yeah, these body, bottom four teams, you know, they they are in the bottom four for a reason. Um, you know, you look at the the job Mike White's done at Georgia, six and twelve, um, a team that we didn't know a ton about going into it in terms of his roster. Uh, South Carolina, though, with GG, that was a big get for them. So for them to be in the bottom four, LSU, first year head coach, they got a lot of talent and athleticism. Um, so these bottom four teams, I think going into the year, especially with Ole Miss, you, you thought they might be in, in this conversation. I thought that South Carolina and LSU might be a little bit better, um, but not a lot to, to go off of in these matchups. Um, it's It's the first – First round, opening round for a reason. Um, but this is much different than, you know, talking about the Big 12 when there's four teams where I think those are going to be like, – those two games are going to be like NCAA tournament games. Uh, these games, we'll see who's checked in who's checked out. I think that's what, what it comes down to with Georgia, South Carolina, Ole Miss, and LSU playing in that opening weekend or on that opening night uh, coming up here on Wednesday. Yeah, so let's go ahead and jump to the next day, which should have a couple of intriguing matchups. Uh, the 8-9 game is Florida and Mississippi State. Then we get interested because this will provide us the potential matchup for the Missouri Tigers, the four seed. It'll be the five seed, Tennessee, uh, and they will take on the winner of South Carolina and Ole Miss. We anticipate that would be Tennessee. So let's yep. uh, look forward to a, a, a possible Tennessee-Mizzou matchup. Mizzou won with a buzzer beater at Tennessee, and now Tennessee doesn't have their point guard. And so mm. they're a damaged team. This looks – I mean, you're going to have a tough game on Friday no matter who you play, but give me the team that's missing their point guard with the way Mizzou plays and pressures the basketball. It won't be easy, but that's that's a pretty decent matchup if that ends up being the 4-5 game on Friday for Mizzou. What do you think about that uh, potential matchup for uh, – Mizzou in their first game in the SEC tournament. Yeah, it's a tough matchup. Um, that's all, you know, it's expecting Tennessee survives now. You know, Tennessee's had some games where they've really struggled uh, on offense. But, you know, they're, Tennessee's uh, saw them play against Arkansas at home. Uh, they beat Arkansas. And the Auburn game, you know, was was really a, a, a fun college basketball game. And I thought Tennessee played really well in that game. Um, Zakai Ziegler is out with the ACL. That was a big, big loss for, for Tennessee, their starting point guard. He makes so many things happen uh, for this team. Uh, but you you look at where they're at, um, you know, they, they're coming off a tough loss against Auburn where they score 70, though. Um, and I thought they played, you know, fairly well. They were in that game for much of that game, and it was at Auburn. You know, there was a lot riding on that game for Auburn particularly. Um, but you look at, you know, right now I think where Tennessee's at, you lose your point guard. That That's a huge loss, but – Santiago Vescovi is is one of the better players in the league. Um, he had 21 against Auburn, and he's a guy that that's kind of going to have to carry the load. Um, Josiah James, Julian Phillips is back and healthy. Julian Phillips um, actually got injured in the Mizzou game, and he was out for quite a while. Uh, but this Tennessee team's got a lot of size. That's the only thing for Mizzou that I worry about is the rebounding, the size on the interior. It's got to be a big game for Kobe Brown. Um, you know, he's got to play well. Um, Muhammad Diara, probably a big game for him as well in terms of being a factor with his size on the glass and around the rim. Mizzou's got a lot of better play out of Noah Carter, I would say, over the last two, three games. Noah's played better. Um, I think Noah 
kind of played more like towards the, at the beginning of the year, uh, what we've seen from the last few games where he's playing with a lot more confidence. Obviously, Demoy Hodge is the factor uh, and, and Sean East as well in terms of, you know, creating havoc, forcing turnovers. Uh, that's something that's going to be a big part in this game uh, just because Vescovy is their, is their lead guard. He, he does not want to be the lead guard. He wants to be off the ball. He's got to play the point. He's capable of playing the point. He's, he is a good passer, um, but he obviously um, he's not to, to the to the level Sakai Ziegler was. So it's a good game, a good matchup. I, I think it's a great game in terms of just the the matchup you want to see. Uh, you know, for if you're an SEC basketball fan and you don't have a dog in the fight, Missouri Tennessee is going to be a fun one because it's all going to be about who creates the pace, who creates tempo, what style of play is going to be played in this game. Tennessee is going to want to throw the ball inside and make it a game around the paint and make it a game on the interior, make it a possession by possession game uh, and, and try to slow down Missouri and keep them from that magic number 70, which is where Missouri, you know, usually wins games when they're scoring 70 or over and Tennessee's going to try to lock you down defensively, but great matchup um, and a game that I think Tennessee's going to think, man, we gave up this game. We, we didn't finish in the top four. We didn't get a double bye because DeAndre Golston hit a buzzer beater in our building. So let's uh, let's see how these two teams match up in the SEC tournament. It's going to be fun. Okay, one really good matchup that we know we're going to have. We'll jump back to Thursday as we go to the bottom half of the bracket. The 7-10 matchup I think is really, really good between Auburn and Arkansas. Uh, and that should be a pretty desperate game, a very talented. I mean, that, that doesn't seem like a 7-10 matchup on paper does it what do you think it does not um yeah, I what, think what do you, you think of that matchup yeah I, th- I think when you look at the the matchup Auburn I mean they're playing with their hair on fire right now they they went to, to Alabama um lost a really tough game in double overtime game I I think they gave away uh too many times and I know Bruce Pearl was very unhappy with uh the officiating in that game um I think there are other reasons why his team lost that game outside of the officiating but um it was a hell of a basketball game, first off, um, where Alabama or Alabama came all the way back and, you know, back down to the wire finish. Then Auburn has to win a game at home against Tennessee, and they're able to get that done. That was a back-and-forth game. Um, you know, I, I look at this matchup, too, for Arkansas. You know, it's been a been a tough road for, for Eric Musselman's team, just with everything going on with the injuries. No Teron Brazil, Nick Smith mis- missing majority of the year. Um, you know, they're a team that's – led by Anthony Black and Ricky Council, Jordan Walsh off the bench, the Mitchell brothers. Um, you know, I think this is a, an Arkansas team that's got to do a lot um, in this tournament. They, they got to win some games. I, I still think they're a team that when you look at them still fighting for that NCAA tournament, they got to make some noise in this tournament. And so they got to win this game. I, I think Auburn is in the same boat. So this would feel more like that game of two teams really riding on needing a win uh, to really try to help themselves in terms of tournament resume, uh, all those things to trying to get in and get a, you know, getting in the proper seed line they want to get into. You do not want to drop um, a game like this uh, and, and just be, you don't want to be on selection Sunday, you know, holding your, holding your breath and crossing your fingers that you're going to get in the dance. So, so that's a, it's a fun matchup and, and matchups like this are, are what make the conference tournament. Uh, so, so intriguing. Uh, it's not necessarily the one and two and three seeds. It's, it's that middle of the pack teams that are, are trying to get in. All right. The other game that takes place going back to Wednesday is Georgia and LSU, the 11 and 14. And the winner of uh, the winner of that game will advance to take on Vanderbilt. Uh, and so, and then potentially 
if Vanderbilt can get by there, they'll have a rematch against Kentucky of that late uh, late season, very important road win that they had against Kentucky on senior night. So the potential matchups, if everything holds on Friday, uh, we could end up watching um, the winner of Mississippi State and Florida, which is who? Who's going to be the winner of that 8-9 game? I like That's Mississippi tough. State. I like. I'd give it to Mississippi State. Yeah, I, I, I I'm gonna give them the edge, uh, especially with Tolu Smith playing well. Um, Florida a little bit too up and down for me. They've had some good wins. They've also had some games where they've really, I think, looked to looked to really struggle in terms of just depending so much on Colin Castleton. Um, they've they've been a little bit too up and down. 500 team. I'll give the edge to to Mississippi State in this game. But I will say in terms of roster. When Florida plays to the caliber they're capable of, and and Coach Golden said this before, like yes, Castleton is is kind of their their best player. He's had some huge games, you know, over the year, but their guard play is actually really good when it's good. I mean, when it's when they're when they're humming. Will Richard has played better. Reeves has played better. Lofton has has had some good moments, um, but it, it comes down to guard play, and that's where I give Mississippi State the the edge in this game. I think they're just more tougher too in terms of their their guards and. The size with Tolu, um, I like Mississippi State in this game. Great defensive so, team, too. So Mississippi State uh, or Florida against Alabama, we like Mississippi State. The potential Tennessee against Mizzou game. Um, Arkansas uh, against Auburn, the winner will take on A&M. And then probably Vanderbilt against Kentucky. That will be the games on Friday, and then who knows what happens there. So tell me your pick to win the SEC tournament. And then tell me a dark horse who you think could get hot at the right time and maybe surprise if you were going to have a more of a long shot to win the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I I think Alabama is still the team to beat. I think they're the team that should win the SEC tournament. I would not slouch Texas A&M. Um, we just saw A&M beat Alabama. I think A&M has every chance to win this tournament. Uh, so I would put out Alabama at 1A and then Alabama or an A&M at like 1B, 1C, I guess, if you will. I think those those are those are the teams to beat. Tennessee, when they're playing to the caliber that they were playing at the beginning of the year, are very good. Now, obviously, they don't have their point guard. So I, I it's hard to put them in this conversation. I think Missouri should take care of business against Tennessee if they play to the level they're capable of playing at, uh, which we've seen Missouri have. You know, these great halves like we saw against Georgia and LSU where they, they put together a second half. We're like, man, that's just put, put, put the foot on the gas and they run away with it. And then you think, well, their first half was was just as bad as, as, as much as their second half was good. So they can put 40 minutes together. Missouri has a legit, legitimate chance. Um, I would say dark horse to pull like some upsets maybe and get Auburn. I, I wouldn't overlook Auburn just because they – they're playing with a fight and a tenacity to them. That was fun to see in the Alabama game. They're playing with a ton of, of motivation and a ton of that urgency that I think that's a big word right around this time of the year. And usually the teams that play with the like there, there's, there's no tomorrow and the urgency level is so high and the intensity, intensity level is so high, they can pull off some wins. Um, so I put them in this this conversation. I'd put Vanderbilt, but with Liam Robbins being banged up, he's the defensive SEC defense player of the year. Um, I, I don't know if they can get by um, in terms of just I, they're they're a good team and you know they've been they've been impressive in league play for much of the, the year, even dating back when the league play started in January. They had some really you know competitive games, even games they lost. They, they were so competitive. So 
I wouldn't overlook him. Uh, I just think Robbins is, is such a big piece to that team. And, and when not healthy, you know, that's that's a that's a huge blow to, to their team. I think if Arkansas gets past Auburn, they'll beat AM and uh, and get hot. So uh we'll see what it's good. It's a good sleeper. That's gonna yeah. be interesting to see. All right, let's uh transition to the Big 12 tournament that starts on Wednesday uh, in Kansas City. And like you said, these Wednesday games are not throwaways. All of these teams legitimately can can tell themselves, hey, if we get hot and win a couple of games in Kansas City, we could be going to the NCAA tournament. Uh, and, you know, West Virginia might already be in the tournament, but it would help them to win uh, on Wednesday night. And so we have the 8-9 matchup, West Virginia and Texas Tech, and then the 7-10 matchup is Bedlam between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Texas Tech suspends their head coach. And so there is some turmoil going on with that program. I expect West Virginia to win that game and then provide us with a really interesting matchup against Kansas on Thursday. But what do you say? West Virginia and Texas Tech, their A game could beat a lot of teams in the country. Who do you think wins that 8-9 matchup on Wednesday? Yeah, I got West Virginia as well. Um, you know, I've I been impressed with just how they played Um you know, I, they haven't been great away from home. They're on a two-game winning streak, so they've won a couple uh, to close the the regular season portion of the conference slate. Um, you know, 7-11 and 11 in Big 12 play, not great. Um, they've had some tough ones that they've lost. Uh, the, the Kansas game jumps out, but they've had other games in league play. They probably could look back and think, man, we should have got those. Um, Trey Mitchell, Eric Stevenson, um, Mitchell, like there, there's guys that, are on that roster that are, are very good players that they, they put together um, and, and give the, the coaching staff and coach Huggins a lot of credit. They put together a really good team. Um, I, I like West Virginia in this game. I think they're deserving of the NCAA tournament conversation. It depends on how other teams fare and other leagues um, in turn. But, but when you have the, that big 12, you know, attached to that Jersey, that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, especially when you're trying to make your way into the tournament, and a lot of people think, you know, West Virginia should be able to be in the tournament, but it would help them to win this game. You know, they need to take care of business. Texas Tech's lost three in, three in a row. Um, and I think there's just so much going on around with that program. Although I, I think Texas Tech has played better um, in February. I'll give the edge to West Virginia in this game. I, I think they win this game. All right, what about Bedlam, the 7-10 matchup? Oklahoma State is the 7, and Oklahoma is the uh, 10 seed. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to give Oklahoma the the uh, the upset here. Um, you know, I, I I think when I look at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State uh, and seeing these teams, I, I think when Oklahoma's right, and I I know it's you know I'm sure Sooner fans are thinking, well, yeah, we, when we're right, you know, they they beat Alabama almost by thirty, so clearly they're a team that you don't want to overlook. But they they've just had some games where they they've been inconsistent. They're another team that's had some some tough losses. Um, they lost to, to Texas by two, you know, back in mid-February, a game that they probably should have had. Um, you know, there's there's games up and down their schedule where you're thinking, man, that they, they just would have closed that one out. They, they'd be okay. Um, but I, I, I look at Oklahoma with Jalen Hill and Milo Suzan, the freshman, uh, Tanner Groves. But Grant Sherfield is, to me, very much an underrated guard that when he's got it going and he can and he's scoring it at the level he's capable of, it's tough in league play because you're being scouted by everybody. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where you know, I think teams really do a great job on Grant in terms of taking away driving angles and, and shots that he usually gets. They can frustrate him, but 
I like Oklahoma and just the, the the talent level. They play as a team when they're right. Oklahoma State's very athletic. They have great size. Um, but I, I still think, you know, Bryce Thompson can be very up and down. Caleb Boone is one of their better bigs. Um, they, they have some pieces, but I like Oklahoma to pull this upset. I think this is a game Oklahoma can win. I think it would help them because I think they're playing, you know, with everything on the line. It's, it's survive in advanced mode right now for Oklahoma. So we'll see. I, I think this game could go either way. And obviously I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma State won it. But I like the Sooners. And I just feel like in a game like this, usually teams come to the conference tournament when they have a lot to play for and they need a win. Usually your best players step up to the plate. And that's Grant Sherfield. He's got to be great in this game. Okay, so let's move on to the quarterfinals on Thursday. Uh, number four, Baylor, and number five, Iowa State. And that was one of the most surprising results from this past weekend. Iowa State had really been struggling, and they went to Baylor and won by double digits. And so the reward for that is now they got to turn right around and do it again on Thursday in Kansas City. And Baylor, they would have been on the bottom half of the bracket, and they could have avoided Kansas until the championship game. Now, if they win this game against Iowa State, They'll probably have to play Kansas. And so what about this quick turnaround rematch uh, from Iowa State's somewhat shocking double-digit victory in Waco? Yeah, it was an impressive win. Um, it looked like the Iowa State team uh, that we've we've grown accustomed to, to seeing with T.J. Otzelberger. I thought their defense against Baylor was great. Um, and obviously Baylor's defense has, has struggled, uh, particularly through the month of February. Uh, we saw that in the Kansas Kansas State games. Um, those were two huge games for Baylor at the time, and their defense really let them down, uh, particularly in the second half. And Iowa State, you know, they're they're a team that it, it, their their wins are predicated on their defense setting the tone. Uh, they are a team that I think a little bit through the month of late January into early February, their defense, you know, just had some some uncharacteristic games where they just weren't that great on defense. Jaron Holmes uh, was was good, very good in the Baylor game. Uh, I think he had like 16, 7, and 5. That's a great stat line. Gabe Kalsher uh, is a spot shooter that is one of the better defenders um, in the league um, and one of the better defenders in the country. And I think those guys really set the tone uh, in that that win against Baylor. Adam Flagler was great. They need more from Keontae George if, if you're Baylor. Um, Jalen Bridges, LJ Cryer. You know, you look at the Baylor guard play and just the, the wing play that Jalen brings. And, you know, I know the bigs in terms of Flo Thamba and Chachua, the, the, the Baylor bigs haven't been able to give enough um, to, you know, you look back on Baylor teams, especially the national championship team, like so much is made of this team with the three guards. And you're thinking, yeah, but Baylor had some bigs that were very, very impactful on that national championship team. Mark Vidal for one. So you look at the Baylor team and, and you think, man, if, if Keontae George doesn't shoot it well, so much is on Adam Flagler and LJ Cryer. And those are small undersized guards that I thought Iowa State did a great job of just taking away so many things that make Baylor what they are and leads to 58 points for Baylor. Usually you're seeing, you're seeing Baylor, you know, north of that on a consistent basis. Iowa State's defense was great. And then Iowa State offensively shot the ball really well and got up to 73 points. So it's a fun rematch game. But we'll see. I think it's still more of the same. Does Iowa State's defense have that level of impact on Baylor again? Um, or does Keontae George play like the freshman of the year? And does he go off? Because Keontae is fully capable of taking over a game with his shot making and his shot creation. Um, and you got to find you know that level of consistency, especially right now. So much is on Keontae to be the player we know he can be. 
Uh, and I, I just thought Keontae really struggled in that Iowa State game. They, they need him in, in order to have a chance to beat Iowa State. So who you got? Who's advancing, Iowa State or Baylor? I am going to go with Baylor on this one. Okay. I'm going to let them right. get – I am gonna. I think they get by. Okay, so Baylor would then move on to take on the winner of the Kansas game. We both picked West Virginia over Texas Tech, but it could be either team. But let's just say, for argument's sake, it is West Virginia. We saw them uh, play a very close game with a chance to win at Allen Fieldhouse. Didn't get it done. Uh, but do you think they have what it takes to be able – to upset a KU team on Thursday of the Big 12 tournament, or do you think that Kansas will take care of business and move on to face Baylor? I think when you you look at once we get to this level of the tournament, Stephen, I think any upset. I, I mean, I don't even want to call it an upset. I, I, just, I and obviously if it's West Virginia beating Kansas, it is an upset. But what, as we've seen with hey, the, the there'd league, be a lot of people upset. Let me tell you that there'd be a lot there'd be a lot of people upset. I've I've seen uh, some Kansas fans very upset walking out of a. Uh, T-Mobile and KC after a first round loss and on a game that they should win. So it's, it, I won't say it's, it's not, uh, not feasible to happen, but look, West Virginia, Eric Stevenson, Mitchell, Matthews, Toussaint, they're a team that when, when they can spread the floor, get some dribble drive attacks, make shots, Trey Mitchell being a factor, who's more of a modern day mobile big, that can play the five. Uh, Matthews is the four. That that's more of a small ball four. They're really good, um, and defensively, and their toughness level is always going to be high. We know that with West Virginia teams, they cannot turn the ball over. That's the biggest thing. They beat Kansas if they don't turn the ball over. Um, they just had horrible, horrible execution. Yes, late in that game, but the turnovers were a problem, um, and they were right there. Uh, and I thought. 50-50 balls were a huge part of the, the Kansas game for West Virginia. I uh, felt like they were on those, and especially now in Fieldhouse, they were getting to those 50-50 balls a lot. I love this matchup just because, you know, Bill Self and, and Coach Huggins have a great relationship. They're, they're two of the toughest coaches in college basketball, um, and their programs and their players play that way. So I like this matchup. I'll give Kansas the edge, but I would not be shocked if West Virginia does pull the upset. But it all comes down to them making shots, not turning the ball over, and then obviously cutting off Jalen Wilson if they can't, taking away, you know, his three-point shooting, you know, keeping him off the glass, trying to make him a non-factor. And then obviously you got to match up with Grady Dick. Um, and who's going to do that in terms of the matchups defensively? Who is, is it? Is it Emmett Matthews? Is it Johnson? You know, who's going to take off uh, Grady Dick and, and run him off the line and not give him clean looks? Because West Virginia can't allow Grady Dick to go off in a game like this. And then Dewan Harris runs everything for Kansas. You got to maintain the ball. It's a big game for Joe Toussaint, who I thought was pretty good against Dewan the first matchup. Um, but so much, so much of, of this game and, and and really a lot of these games comes down to personnel matchups. Um, and if you're going to be able to play and compete at the same level you were able to uh, just a few weeks ago in Allen Fieldhouse. If you could play one season for one coach, who would you pick, Huggins or Self? Oh man. That's tough. I mean, it's going to be Coach Self for me, um, but man, that's a good question. Uh, Huggins would be up there. Um, if only I would just like to, you know, just be at a, a practice of right. Huggins. Just maybe in October, like fall practice when I know, you know, it's like a training camp practice where they're, they're still maybe a week or two before games start up. I would just love to be in that practice to see what it's like. Um, Coach Self, though, if it's one year, I, I would love to play for Coach Self just to get 
just to number one, absorb um, his, his coaching philosophies and how he motivates. I've always heard these stories of him and the locker room, uh, different ways he, he motivates, different ways he lights guys up in, in, in the right ways. Um, that to me is, and, and I've, I've been listening to Mitch Lightfoot. Uh, he's got a podcast. I was listening to some of the things that, you know, he would, he would say about timeouts with coach self. Uh, and just felt like he always had the right thing to say. They'd be down eight with like 35, 40 seconds, and everybody thought they could come back. I mean, it was just sort of that that motivational factor and just the confidence level that he instills in guys. Um, I would probably lean to, to coach self. All right, uh, moving on to the next game. Uh, Texas coming yeah. off their, their, their impressive victory over Kansas. They're the two seed. Uh, Oklahoma, whether it's Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, do you think either of those teams will give Texas any trouble, or do you think Texas could be coming together uh, at, at the right time? I know they had lost two road games, but beating Kansas by 16 points, I'm sure, goes a long way to building their confidence and getting them ready for the uh, Big 12 tournament. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. I'm glad you said that just because you know, I do think anytime you get a, a win, um, particularly your, your you know last regular season home game against Kansas – um, you know, the team that won the league outright and you had every chance to split or have a share and you didn't get it done um, to come back in your own building and beat, beat Kansas the way they did is a great sign for Texas. Um, you know, I think you look at Marcus Carr and the way he's playing uh, 16 point per game score, really, really good shooter. Um, Rice is the you know sixth man of the year in the Big 12. Timmy Allen, Tyrese Hunter. Um, you know, they're a team that's got so much talent up and down. And we're not even talking about the, the Dylan Mitchell freshman, who's the most versatile, you know, defensive big that can put guard everywhere on the floor. Texas has got the roster you want because there's a, there's veteran experience they have in Marcus Carr. Uh, Timmy Allen, uh, Rice is the transfer. You know, they, they, they put together the roster. And obviously everything that's taken place with Chris Beard um, and knowing that that's finally come to a resolution – I think has given you know Texas the opportunity to move forward, um, and I don't I don't think that's looming as much as it as it probably was you know a month ago. And obviously there's still things there, but Rodney Terry's done a great job, and he deserves that. Um, you know, a guy that has been an assistant and, and came right in and and has really done a terrific job. But Texas could have gone south. They could have you know really not folded the tents, but you know they could have had those the, that something where those teams, you know, struggle with when they lose a head coach like that, where they don't bounce back and they, they don't play to the caliber they're capable of and they underachieve. Texas didn't do that. They, they stayed the course. They won 12 league games. Um, you know, they've, they're coming off a win. I think they're right in the mix here for this big 12 championship in terms of the, the tournament in Kansas city. I think Texas should be in the conversation of winning this. And I think that should be their goal to help themselves, obviously with the NCAA tournament and seating, Texas, when they're when they're good, they're very good, and it starts with Marcus Carr. But it also is, you know, Tyrese Hunter and Mitchell and Timmy Allen. Everybody's got to kind of play their role and play their part uh, to really carry Texas over the over the finish line in this tournament. All right, then the uh, late game on Thursday, and man, this you can make an argument that this is the best game on Thursday. But I mean, you could damn near make an argument for every game. Uh, but we get Kansas State, the three seed, and the six seed. TCU feels like a disappointing six seed, but they're very talented and their A game could beat anyone. And so what do you think about the late game on Thursday, Kansas state and TCU? Yeah. 
So these the, you know, these teams split uh, in Big 12 play, and I think when you look at you know Kansas State and TCU, I'm with you. This is probably the matchup I'm looking forward to most as well, um, just because I I think TCU is a really dangerous team, and they've been up and down and consistent at times in league play. I saw TCU beat Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse, and they looked like a team that nobody could beat. Uh, it was <laughs> with not, not just Mike Mil- Mike Miles, but Emmanuel Miller and Damian Ball and Lampkin. And I know Lampkin's been in and out of the lineup with injuries, but you know, it's, a, it's a very good matchup. Uh, K-State is playing great basketball to close the year, too. Um, give them a ton of credit. And they have the coach of the year in the league and Jerome Tang and Keontae Johnson, I think is the, the not just the best – transfer in the big 12 i think he's the best transfer in college basketball i think he should win that award um because he's been so good and so consistent all year marquise noel um man he just the job he's done all year in league play and he's finally getting back he, he went through a little bit of a lull where there was there was some games maybe where he didn't play at the caliber he's capable of he's playing so much better uh for this this team um and i i like kansas state in this tournament too um, because I, I think they could similar to what you know what we said about Baylor, um, you know, and, and and Texas. Like Texas had every chance to get a share of the of the of the Big Twelve championship with Kansas. K State was right there, you know, knocking on the door um, as well. Desi Sills is, has been so good for for uh, for K State. Um, I think Cam Carter is another great role player for them. David Nagesson, who was banged up through in, through injury, but but the bigs for K State. You know, it's not just Keontae and Marquise. And I think nationally, those two guys get a lot of recognition. But I think this is what, what has made K-State so good and why Jerome Tang is the coach of the year is the roster. You know, Naquan Tomlin, who's 6'10", and, man, Naquan just changes the game when he's aggressive and his defensive ability speaks for itself. But he's so long. He can make shots. He can play above the rim. And then David Nagesson is a small ball five. Um, that is the, your modern-day mobile five-man who can guard on the perimeter pick and roll he, he knows his role, he knows his job, and he excels in that, and he's finally healthy. Um, so K-State's dangerous, and I, I think they got every chance, just like Texas, to win this Big 12 tournament. And this matchup against TCU, don't, don't, you know, don't sleep on TCU either to win, to win this tournament because, like I said, when they're right, when, they, when they're at full strength, Damian Baugh is such a great passer for point guard. He's gotten so much better since I saw him when he was at Memphis as a freshman. TCU is very sneaky, um, and they're a team that shouldn't be overlooked in this tournament as well. This is what makes the Big 12 so great, and this is why they have been the best league in college basketball. All these teams, I can't wait to see them in March in the NCAA tournament to see where these teams end up. Are they Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four? Because we could see multiple Big 12 teams um, down, down the road when we start getting to the end of the road in that NCAA tournament. See, and you're right. That's why this tournament, the Big 12 tournament, is so great because – you could make a real case for any one of the top six seeds to win this tournament. It wouldn't be a big surprise. Like you said, TCU blew out KU at KU. They could beat anyone on the right day. They're talented enough to win this, uh, this whole damn thing. You know, Kansas, they're going to be the favorites for sure. But then you look at Texas and Kansas state and like to talk about that awesome matchup between Iowa state and Baylor. I think we both would lean towards Kansas because they'll have, uh, the home court advantage, they're so good at T-Mobile Center, and they're one of the best teams in the nation. But if I told you you can't pick Kansas, you can only pick one other team to win the Big 12 tournament, who would you pick? I'm going to pick K-State. I, I, oh, I think, look at oh, uh, hey, They've I, never I, won this thing before. They've never won this thing before. I think that's why I'm, I'm going to give it to them. This year's been special for them. 
Uh, they've been great. I think they got knocked down a couple times, you know, when they when they went through a little bit of a stretch where they were struggling. They bounced back, and I, th I think they're playing great basketball right now. And I think they've got their confidence back. I think they've got the, that mojo back. Marquise Noel is playing back to the caliber he's capable of playing at. I'll give it to K-State. I think Texas would, you know, it's it's tough to, to overlook Texas. Um, but, again, I, I just feel like Texas has these games where I, I look at K-State, Keontae Johnson's toughness and IQ, he's been so good down the stretch here. And he's. I, I thought there would be fatigue that would set in. There's not been. He's been playing at a high level. And he's he's been playing to to win you know win games. I I think he knows he's got to be the guy for K State and everybody else follow, follows suit. I'll give it to K State. Uh, they, obviously, they gotta have, they gotta win some big games in order to do that. But they're capable of it. Hopefully, their fans and and hopefully T-Mobile is packed in purple, just because this team deserves it. Uh, I think they want to win. Just the just the fact of knowing they were in the driver's seat in the Big 12 for for a long time and kind of got knocked down. They had a big win against Kansas at home, and you thought, man, they're they got a chance to win the Big 12, and then they went into that that little funk they had and didn't didn't get, uh, get didn't get back on top of the horse. But here they are in Kansas City. I'll I'll, I'll give them the edge. I think I think they're a team that that could absolutely win this. Um, but they, they they'd have to get through some some tough teams in order to do so, and that starts with TCU. Just imagine if it's a Kansas Kansas State final. Oh, I would uh, love as, that. Well, I would love as, that. Yeah, as good as those. And Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News told us on my show that he thinks if, if K State can do that and win the tournament, they could be a two seed. So then you can no talk question. about KU being a one seed and K State being a two seed. That'd be that would be wild. Uh, hey, you know what? And if you if there's a better Big Twelve tournament and SEC tournament preview than what Jared Sutton just gave you, you have to show me where it is. I don't know. I don't know about it, but I know that Charlie Hustle knows about it. That's why they're the sponsor. Charlie Hustle, when you're going down to the Big 12 tournament, the SEC tournament, you better stop at Charlie Hustle to get geared up, right? That's right. Got to get your swag. Got to get the swag right. Uh, I will be hitting Charlie Hustle as well this week, trying to get some, 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 some gear. I got I to gotta stock up. You know, It feels like they're, they're coming out with the, the new vintage swag all the time. Uh, you got to get your hands on some 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 college collectible items there. That's uh, that's on the, the list of items for me to do once I get back to KC. But you, I know you're I know you're hitting that up too, Stephen. I know you're. you're I gotta uh, go. I haven't gone yet. I've been waiting on you. We gotta that's get right. down there and take care of business. Hey, hey Stephen. Though, how, how about I mean, you've been covering college basketball in Kansas City for for so many years, and obviously when when I was at Mizzou, there were some great great you know games between Missouri and Kansas and K State. I think these three local schools, um, where they might end up in the tournament, this is one of the best years we've had uh, in Kansas City in terms of the local schools. Creighton's going to be in this tournament, as, in the NCAA tournament as well. How much fun has this been just to, to cover, you know, these teams this this year? Just because college basketball, two, two new head coaches, too, and Jerome Tang and Dennis Gates, and both of them are going to be in the conversation for National Coach of the Year. They're, they're all going to the NCAA tournament, and they all have expectations of, of, from their fan bases – of actually doing something in the NCAA tournament. So it is very, very exciting to talk about all three schools and their fan bases engaged and ready for March Madness. Almost as exciting as next week will be when we do a podcast previewing the NCAA tournament and all the matchups these schools get. So after Selection Sunday and after the dust settles, maybe like on Monday and Tuesday, we can uh, – we could turn out a, an NCAA tournament uh, bracket special. And how much would you like to break down a Missouri first-round tournament game, huh? 
I can't yeah. wait. And it better be it's off the eight nine line. It better be off that eight nine line. That's all I'm saying. Lenardi, you better quit doing that. Lenardi's putting <laughs> them on the eight nine and trying to get them to match up against Kansas in the second round of the one seed. Stop it, Joey Brackets. Clickbait. I know what you're doing. Let We're it go. For it. Yeah, let, let it go, go Lenardi. Let it go. That's, Jerry that's right. Jerry Palm had Missouri as a five or a six. I like the way he goes about his business. I'm yeah. done with Joey Brackets. Yeah. All right, Jared I'm, I'm, I'm ready. All right, hey, Steven, we'll, thanks. We'll see you in Kansas City. We're going to be be there for the, uh, the championship game? I think so. I got to get back okay. and be around. The, 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 let me just say this. I've, I've, I've been out in Vegas. I cover Pac-12. I've done this for the last few years. I like going to the Big East tournament. I've done that before. Big 10 is a lot of fun. Nothing like the Big 12. Uh, it, is, it is the best conference tournament, and it's right in Kansas City, Missouri. Get your Charlie Hustle swag. Get down to Power and Light. Get the pregame festivities in. And see yeah. some college basketball, especially, hey. you know, hey, this tournament's going to be a blast in KC. Hey, pace, you pregame, but pace yourself. That's especially right. on Thursday. People get oh, down yeah. there real anxious at 10 a.m. And, and maybe your team's not playing until 6 or 8.30. You got to take baby steps, man. You get it's, Longevity right. is what we're looking for at the Big 12 tournament. That's Jared Sutton. I'm Stephen St. John. Thank you to Charlie Hustle. And this has been the House of Hustle. Until next week. Go get mad in some March. Enjoy the great basketball. Enjoy March Madness. Enjoy the Big 12 tournament. And we'll be back at you next week to talk about the NCAA tournament. Until then, uh, let's have uh, a great celebration of basketball in Kansas City. We'll be back at you next week.